We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Thank you to our sponsor, Can Do You. Can Do You helps busy principals create the school culture they've always dreamed of through motivational speeches, engaging videos, and leadership camps that are packaged together for schools that want to see real change. Go to candoyou.us slash Jethro to schedule your call today. And if you sign up before the end of the summer, you'll receive a big, huge TV for your lobby to recognize all the amazing things that your students are doing every single day. That's candoyou, C-A-N-D-O, the letter U, dot U-S slash Jethro. Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. And make sure to check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And now, the learning begins in 3, 2, 1. Well, take two. Here we go. Welcome to Transformative Principle, episode 233. I am your host, Jethro Jones, and I am so excited to have Ryan Sheehy here. Did I say your name right even? Yeah, no, Sheehy. I usually ask, but I, I didn't. But welcome, Ryan. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Ryan is an, an author, a speaker, an elementary principal. He's also a professor and the author of Be the One for Kids, which I'm really excited to talk to you about your book today, uh, especially, but also talk about the amazing things you're doing in your school. So Ryan, thanks for coming on and welcome to Transformative Principal. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here and have the conversation 
about being a principal and also about my uh, new book. Great. So let's start out by talking about what it is that you are doing in your school that you are just most proud of right now. So I'm excited. You know, I took over the school site that I'm at now. I took it over about two years ago and I walked into a school that I was following a principal that uh, was not very well received. And so culture was poor. Climate was poor. A lot of things need to be changed. Um, you know, teachers were locked into the rooms, hunkered down, not really collaborating and sharing with each other. And I walked in and I'm a culture guy. I'm a guy that I saw that as a challenge and I was super excited about it because I knew that I could change that and I could come into the school and really getting the conversations going again. And we've done such amazing work um, that I'm extremely proud of. We've uh, taken open our classroom doors, uh, worked together as, as grade levels, breaking down barriers, really looking at intervention, looking at what students need. And we've done that in a way that it's been fun. Kids are having fun. Kids are running into our building rather than running away. And that's the thing I'm most proud of is that we've created an environment in our school where we are student-centered, but we're also enjoying the process as we go along the way. Um, we've brought a lot of technology into the schools, but making sure that we're not consuming technology, we're using it as a tool. And, you know, just being part of that process has been a, a dream for me and just super exciting. Yeah, that's great. There's so much in there that uh, that I kind of want to go through and unpack. And, you know, you said at the beginning that you're following a principle that wasn't very well received and that as possible that some of us listening have been that guy or that gal that wasn't very well received. And that's that's a hard place to leave. But what was it about that that made you excited for it, that you were excited to be able to be part of that? You know, I look at I, I look at everything as an opportunity, but I'm not someone that sits down in my, in my office. You know, I'm somebody that's a uh, I'm a principal of action. You know, getting out there and getting into classrooms and really being part of the learning process. And I just looked at it as a, as an awesome opportunity to build that culture around not being afraid of somebody coming in. At first, you know, it's it's that oh, who's this guy that's coming into the classrooms all the time, but. By me continuing to show up, it creates that that change. And, you know, my predecessor, she, you know, locked herself in the office and was doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So I looked at that and I knew that and I had that history going in and I said, hey, I can do this a little bit different. I can still try to I can multitask and get that stuff done. But there's no reason for me to be stuck in my office doing the paperwork. Why not take my office with me everywhere I go? And that's one of the things that we've been able to transform in that building is not, hey, you know what, work can be done, but it doesn't always have to be done in the in the in the traditional space. Right. You know, we look at our classrooms, taking our classrooms outside, doing those kind of things. And I'm the model. I'm the lead model doing that is making sure that, hey, you know what? He's not always in his office doing his work. He's out in, on the playground. If he needs to get some work done, he can get it out there. If, if he needs, needs to get into the classrooms, he can be in the classrooms and getting, getting stuff done. Because at the end of the day, you know, we all have families that we want to get to. But and I want to model that you can do both. Hmm. That So that's really interesting. So I for a long time was of the opinion that I needed to be in classrooms, working with kids and all that. And I've since moved away from that and seen my position, my role as principal to really spend more time talking with and supporting the teachers, not necessarily by being in their classroom, though I still obviously do that, but more by having those conversations about learning when they have a spare moment. What's your thought on, on that? And how do you balance that? 
Yeah. So I think that, you know, by me being present in the classrooms allows for those conversations because I'm putting myself out there where, you know what, that they don't have to seek me out and I don't have to seek them out to have those conversations. We can have those um, throughout the day as I'm popping in and out. You know, I might be making my rounds into classrooms and I pop in and teachers on prep. And that's a great opportunity for us to have those conversations, um, you know, traditionally or too often, I should say, before and after school, I'm stuck in, you know, IEPs and, and student success team meetings and those types of, you know, things that you have to do. So my time at the beginning, end of the day, where teachers are typically, that's the opportunity to have those conversations. Unfortunately, I'm locked down in meetings. So I had to look at a creative way to be able to have those through the day, because absolutely, we are that that coach model looking at having those conversations, building the self-efficacy in our teachers is huge. However, at the same time, I want to make sure that I can see through their lens what they're seeing to have those conversations. I feel like for me, at my school site with my staff, it gave me much more validity to be there to show them that, hey, you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about when you're dealing with that difficulty because I've been in your classroom. I've seen it through your eyes and I've seen it firsthand kind of what's going on. Now let's have that conversation. Let's dig a little bit deeper. If they came to me and I hadn't been in that classroom and I hadn't seen it, yeah, we could have some conversation, but I want to get, I want to dig a little bit deeper and look and see how exactly can we change our practice to help these students because too often we're saying, Hey, what can the student do different? No, it's typically what can we do different to support that child and get and see the results that we need to see. Yeah. I I love that approach. And, and that idea of it is very much within us to change. That is, that is absolutely the truth. We can't control the kids despite our best efforts, but we can control ourselves and that's what we need to be doing. And so I, I think that you and I are, doing much of the same things that when I'm, when I've got the opportunity to be in a classroom, then I'm there. But what I'm really focusing on and enjoying is having those conversations, especially with teachers that are on prep or have some time to chat about things that it's just so powerful when you're in the classroom watching what they're doing. And then you can say, here's what I'm seeing. You know, just this morning I had a great conversation with a teacher who teaches social studies and she was like, you know, talking about her lesson plans and I've seen what she's been doing for the last little bit. And I was able to say, like, I know exactly where you're going with this and it's in the right direction. She was questioning herself. She wasn't sure what she was doing. And then I asked her like, okay, so just take all the teacher guilt and all the pressure that you have of covering the curriculum and all that kind of stuff. What's the one thing you want kids to learn from this lesson? And I knew that her answer was going to be something profound because I've been in her classroom. I know what she's like, but what she said was so awesome, Ryan. She said, I want kids to understand their voices matter. And I was like, gosh, I don't think that's in our curriculum map, but that is exactly what we want our kids to learn from this class that you're teaching. And you've got all the right processes in place to help that. And being able to be there and see it, she knew that I could speak honestly to that. And I think that was a, that was exactly what you were saying. Can you share a story where you've been able to be there and say the right thing to a teacher when they really need to hear it? Yeah. You know, I think we all go through our ups and downs and our struggles and, you know, especially when you, when you're coming in, when you're with a staff that is um, veteran and stuck in their ways and not wanting to really try some new things and be innovative in what we're doing. And, you know, and I think I've been in a situation as a vice principal at a school, at a high school where, 
you know, we were dealing with a lot, a lot of things that um, people didn't want to try something new. You know, they, they had been doing the same thing and they wanted to continue doing that same thing. However, you know, we had, we had some definitely uh, game changers on the staff that were trying to do things. And every time they tried to do something, it was being nitpicked by uh, teachers that didn't resistant to the change. And so, you know, looking at that and looking at how we could support and sometimes it's, you know, getting into those classrooms and just letting those teachers know that you believe in them. And by having that conversation of belief is giving, empowering them to say, Hey, you know what? I know what I'm doing is right. And bringing it back to our, why, why are we doing things? Why are you teaching this lesson? Why are you doing it? This approach. And if we can have answers for that, we're on the right track. We're going in the right direction, but really showing teachers that we believe in them and empowering them to get out there and try things that that's been the game changer. And that was the game changer in this situation with this teacher, because she was getting bogged down, bogged down, bogged down by other staff members who were resistant to the change. And she was jumping in both feet. And so by, by having that conversation, it showed her that, Hey, you know what, maybe I am on the right path and maybe I am doing the right thing for kids. Yeah. And it's funny. Sometimes when we're in that moment, we feel like we, sometimes we feel like we're crazy when everybody else around us is saying, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. We sometimes feel like we're the ones who are crazy when really it's those other people that are crazy, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We're the normal ones. Come on, people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, your book, Be the One for Kids. Talk about what it is and and what it means and what readers are going to get out of that. Yeah. So Be the One for Kids is, you know, is really my soul um, coming, coming to life on the pages. You know, it's a series of stories from my life as an educator, my life as a child, some family stories. Um, it really takes educators and all readers on a journey through different things. Um, you know, we talk about how we can, how you get to know, you need to be the one that learns the students' stories, be the one who believes in them, be the one who advocates for them. And it's a whole, it's a whole bunch of little stories, short chapters that really empower educators to understand that they have the power to change the life of the child. And now is the time to unleash that power. Too often educators sit back and they think about, okay, that's not my job. That's somebody else's job. They're going to fix that. Or that's the principal's job. He can take care of that. Well, no, it's all of our jobs to make sure that we are the one for kids and we're the ones that are changing their lives. The book stems from, you know, I was a, I was a physical education teacher and I worked at six different school sites my first four years teaching. And then I went to middle school and then eventually high school. And I've worked K-12 in about 15 different school sites. And, you know, that's, that's a wide variety of schools. I've worked from the not so nice areas to the really nice areas and everything in between. And every staff room had something in, something in common. You know, I'd be sitting in there and teachers would be talking and having those conversations is like, oh, this isn't my, this isn't my job to do this. This is somebody else's job. It's not going to be me that does it. And I always have those conversations. No, it's exactly your job. It's all of our jobs. We all have the power to be that one person to change the life of a child, to change the life of each other, to do something big. And we need to take that opportunity. And so really the point of my book is to really empower people and to unleash the power to go out and do something different and do something big and change the life of each other and everybody around us. Yeah. I love that. You've got, you've got in the, in the book, it's broken down culture, empowerment and other things in the empowerment section. You talk about be the one who helps change the dream. I think I got that right. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to, to change the dream? Yeah. So, you know, it, it comes from, you know, I had 
conversations with um, one of my high schoolers, you know, I was a vice principal at a high school for a couple of years. And, you know, I had this student who a straight A student who had the dream. She was going to go out and be a water polo player at an NCAA division one school. And that was always her dream. And she really wanted to, wanted that. And that was going to happen. And, you know, as she's getting towards senior year, you know, she felt that pressure and that pressure kept on mounting and she realized, you know what, Hey, that's, that's not my dream, but that's what my parents have been, you know, paying for club polo and, and doing certain things for. So that, that has to stay. And, you know, we had the conversation a lot. It's okay to change your dream, but you have to keep dreaming. And that's the big thing that we want to empower our students is, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I wanted to be a major league baseball player when I was, you know, 10 years old too. You know, and that's okay to have that dream. And it's okay to, for me still now to have that dream if that's really what I want. But it's also okay, okay for me to say, hey, you know what? That's not what I want to do anymore. Now I want to do this. Too often, I think that when we have those dreams, kids feel unsuccessful if they don't meet those expectations. And, you know, some kids, they have that dream of, hey, you know, in eighth grade, I want to make that eighth grade basketball team. And it, you know what? It's okay if they if they accomplish that dream all the better for them. However, if they don't make that team, we want them to not stop dreaming, but it's okay for the dream to change and, and create a new dream. But the bottom line is it's unacceptable to stop dreaming. Yeah, that is so powerful. I love that idea of it's not okay to stop dreaming. And so many times kids are looking forward to summer or looking forward to eighth grade or high school or whatever, when they're always looking forward to something, then they miss out on what's right in front of them. And so being able to balance the dream and living in the present, those things are both incredibly important. And, you know, I, I think about kids who, who have that pressure from their parents and parents who put that pressure on their kids that sometimes they live vicariously through their kids. Sometimes they just want the best that their kids possibly can do. And, you know, those are both, you know, just human things that we do. How do you help a kid understand that it doesn't have to be the same dream that it's always been? You know, it just, we, we have a lot of, through conversation, you know, it's really getting back to that relationship piece. But, you know, I, I use the, um, the quote of, are your habits of today on par with your dreams of tomorrow? I use that a lot in conversation. It's like, okay, what is your dream? You know, we talk about that and we have those conversations. Now, what are you doing today to make sure that you achieve that dream? And are you going to do that tomorrow as well? And the next day and the next day and the next day, because dreams don't just happen. And that's, that's the conversation piece. And that's the, really the focus of our conversation is that we have to go out and we can achieve, kids can achieve anything, especially these days. If you want to become a um, paid YouTuber, you can make it happen. It now takes work and it takes dedication, but you can make it, you could set up your habits today. So that way you can achieve your dream. And so really taking a look at that, using my own self as um, stories. You know, when I was a kid, I was going to be a baseball player and a cattle rancher. My brother and I were going to um, share the, share the cattle ranch. Yeah. I was going to be totally Nolan Ryan style. I was going to be a pitcher and then we were going to have a cattle ranch working the ranch. And, you know, I talk about that a lot. I talk, bring in my own experiences. You know, I went to college. I, I changed my majors three, four times. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted an education. And so, you know, bringing in my own personal experiences helps kids understand that, you know what, it's okay to, it's okay to change that. And to really stay focused as long as whatever we choose our dream is, 
we're going to start establishing patterns now to make those achievable because I don't, I'm not a big fan of, you know, in high school students, those unrealistic expectations of, you know, this is just going to happen to me one day. I'm going to become a millionaire. That's my dream. That's great. But now let's try to make that something that we, we can achieve. Let's set up those habits today that that's a possibility because it's definitely a possibility, but it, nothing, nothing comes without hard work. Yeah. You know, those, those who have been listening to the podcast for a while know that I've really bought into the idea of the one thing, which is a book written by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, which is not an education book by any stretch of the imagination. And I've been doing a lot of work to translate a lot of those concepts from the business world into education. And that's one of the things is your, I had the quote on the tip of my tongue and now I forgot it and I'm not going to be able to get it. <laughs> Dang it. I hate when that happens. But that, that idea that your habits are so important. And, and I like the way that you said it, that are your habits of today on par with your dreams of tomorrow. And you, you've got to have good habits. And, you know, in the, in the mastermind that I do, where I, I do group coaching with principals, a lot of the principals that I'm working with are, you know, they're stuck in this rut of like, there's so much to do. I'm getting pulled in a million different directions. And how do I actually focus on what really matters? And how do I even develop those habits when I don't even have time to think about what my vision for the future of my school looks like? Those are very real challenges that all principals face. How do you deal with that, Ryan? Yeah, you know, it's definitely, definitely something that's on my mind quite frequently, you know, because I think everybody and especially, you know, the second half of the school year, our plates are are full and things are falling off our plates because, you know, we're, we're trying to maintain um, the momentum that we've built from the beginning of the school year and really and finish strong. But, you know, that's one of the things that I do is for me, that's how I got into this whole writing thing. You know, it was I started blogging because I really needed to find my focus and too often I was finding myself at the end of the day looking and saying, what did I accomplish today? How did I make my school site better? How did I improve the life of my teachers? How did I improve the life of my students? And how do I improve the life of my community? And too often I was looking and I said, hey, you know, I got through the day and yeah, we did some good things. But what was the intent? What was the the reasoning behind it? So I started blogging and that really helped me focus and bring my my why back. And, you know, where were we going as a school site, you know? looking at that and um, really having that self-reflection, having the conversations, having a strong PLN has helped me a lot. I've been part of the principles in action group and, you know, we lean on each other a lot for different things. I, I have some good friends in education that have mentored me along the way and having those conversations very similar to your mastermind, you know, looking and being able to lean on people, looking for advice and really focusing on, on what's our why making sure that everything can reflect back to that why and making sure that we're never just standing stagnant. We want to be moving forward and doing something. If you if you see an issue, let's see how we can do that, but also not stay stale. We don't want to get stale. And that's that's kind of my my big thing is like, let's do it a little bit lighthearted so everything's not so heavy. You know, education should be fun because if education isn't fun, who would want to be a teacher? 
You know, we want to show kids that getting into education, getting into becoming a principal is fun. Too often, kids look at principals and they're like, oh, you know, we don't want to be the principal because you're always stuck in meetings. You're doing this. Yeah, but also I'm talking about I'm talking to kids. I'm having fun. I'm engaging in content. I'm engaging with adults. I'm engaging with community and enjoying that piece. So really using that reflection and also that lightheartedness to, to make sure that I'm having fun in the job. Because if I'm having fun in the job, I'm going to put so much more passion and dedication into it and therefore reflecting back to my why to make sure that, hey, you know what, I can handle things and I'm staying focused on the right things. Yeah, right on, man. It's easy to get distracted by by other things and you've really got to go back to what you really believe, what your values are and make sure that you're that you're living in that way that you know that you should be living and making those choices. One of the things that I like to do, I'm not very good at it, Ryan, but I'd love to play basketball with the kids, especially because the kids love like doing the crossovers and breaking your ankles and things like that. (laughs) I mean, that's all they ever want to do. And so I pretty much always beat them because they're always showboating and and (laughs) that's all right. (laughs) But, but it's so much fun to do that. And you know, when you can have those types of connections and you said at the beginning and the relationships are so powerful, can you talk about how you develop relationships with the kids or the teachers that are really challenging that, that you just struggle building relationships with and, and what you do to push through and still build that relationship even when it's hard? So, you know, I can, th- I can think of a couple off the top of my head. You know, one of the biggest things was when I, when I was a new principal coming into this building, you know, I, I met with every single one of my teachers and staff members offsite, um, took them out for coffee and bought them a cup of coffee. And we sat there for 15, 20 minutes talking about everything but school, really getting to know them as a person and as an individual. Because once we can figure out how our teachers tick as people, we're going to be able to say, hey, you know, this might work a little bit differently for you than it would for others and try to help them and support them in that way. And really getting to know each other. That's been the big piece, bringing each other together with my staff and making sure that we have those opportunities that, hey, you know what? We might, this was not on my agenda today, but you know, I see this as a, as a priority. We need to have some time, some opportunities to talk and to get to, for that fellowship and not being so rigid with my, with my meetings and my professional development, looking for those opportunities to, to go off course a little bit, to make sure that we have those times. And I have that feedback from my staff. So that's one thing with, with, with my teachers and my school, with students, you know, I, I look at any opportunity to build that relationship. Now we all have those kids that that kid that is, is that anomaly that you're trying to figure out, you know, how can I get through? How can I build that relationship? You know, we all do so many different things with our students and we try to find that one thing, you know, I know um, last year I had a student that nobody could get through, you know, we're trying to figure out things. Um, he was really into coding. And so what I decided one day I moved everything out of my office and I created a, a drone flying course. And so he came in, he used my uh, iPad and my drone and he coded uh, the drone to fly around my office to different points that we had, we had put out there building that connection, really getting, getting to hear that, that child's story and really learning what's going on. I had another student that we were struggling with and I said, Hey, you know what? You have a cool story. Let's start a school podcast. You're my first episode. And his face lit up because somebody believed in him and somebody said, Hey, you know what? I want you to be the first one to do this. And now you can teach others to do this. So showing that belief. I have other students who, you know, 
those first two wouldn't have worked with. So we, we sit in my office and I have a 3d printer. Kids can sit on my, on my computer and design something and we have it printed, printed up for them. You know, so looking at a variety of ways to build those connections doesn't have to always be technology. Just those three happen to be, but really looking at, Hey, what do you like to do? How can I be part of that? And let's, let's move like that. You know, looking at the playground, playgrounds are usually where the biggest issues are. If a principal isn't out there, looking and feeling that, how are they going to help that? So one of the things I like to do is get out there. Yeah. Like you said, play basketball. I play four square tether ball, you know, whatever it takes, whatever I need, wherever I see the problem area is, that's where I'm going to go put myself to not necessarily fix the problems, but to get to know the kids. Cause once you get to know the kids, you're going to know how, what's the reasoning behind the issues and how can we work with that? But you know, really most of all, it all comes back to being human and to being kind, having those conversations with our staff and our students, being courteous, saying hello, good morning, doing those kind of things sets the tone for our day and sets the tone for our school. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that idea of going to where the problem is not so you can solve it, but just so you can get to know the kids who are involved in it. And like, (laughs) that's one of my favorite things to do is just show up somewhere and just start observing and talking to kids and seeing what's going on with them. And it's, it's awesome to see that happening because they're expecting you to be the principal and like come down on them. But if you're just like seeing what's going on, then they're like, Oh, maybe he's not so bad. And then they're like, Oh, maybe I can actually tell him what's going on. And so then they come and say, Hey, this is what the problem is over here. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know. What do you think we could do to fix it? Oh, well, uh, I think we need to do this, that, and the other. And it's like, oh, okay. So why don't you do that? Me? Yeah. Yeah, You can do it. It doesn't have to be me, the principal. And they're like, oh, okay. And like that, seeing that kind of like light up in their eyes, like, wait, I do have power to do something about this. That's, that's awesome, man. I, I love that. And I've, I've seen that so many times with, with so many kids that think nobody cares about them. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I had a I had a kid today come in, come into the office. I could hear him. I was in my office and can I see Mr. Sheehy? And my office manager says, yeah, hold on one second. Let me check and see if he's available. And, you know, she comes in. I said, absolutely, let's come in. And so he comes in and, you know, he has tears in his eyes and he sits down and he goes, I just need to come and talk to you. And I said, okay, what's up? And this is a student that last year was in my office all the time because he was having major um, blowups in class and having meltdowns and screaming and kicking and just upset. And he comes in and he goes, I got to tell you about what happened at recess today, Mr. Sheehy, because I didn't want to do it in class and get, get everybody off track. I wanted to come in and talk to you before I go back. And I said, awesome. And I, right there. And I yes, looked at his eyes and I looked in his eyes and I was like, Hey, you know what? I am so proud of you before we even start talking. I am so proud of you. And you know, that grin ear to ear grin. He told me his thing. He told me what happened. I said, listen, I am just proud of you. Are you ready to go back? Do you need a hug? And he's like, no, I'm good. And I said, all right, let's go. And, you know, he was just excited and just so proud. I was so proud of him. You can see he was proud of himself for making that choice. And those are the things that we can do. And those are the things that are possible once we start taking the time to having those conversations, to putting ourselves out there and allowing us, hey, you know what? The principle isn't that scary. The principal isn't a person that's always going to be getting people into trouble. No, it's a principal is another trusting adult on our campus that will get to know us and really help us. Yeah. One of my favorite things is kids often they get pulled. I, I need to talk to them for some reason. They're like, am I in trouble? And my answer is always, did you do something wrong? No. <laughs> okay. Then no big deal. Let's just go talk. And most of the time kids don't think they did something wrong. 
And if I've got to go find them, then it's probably because they didn't know they did it wrong. And so then we talk and we have the conversation and, and it's a beautiful thing. So Ryan, I, I got to get to my last question. Uh, I appreciate your time. We've been going on. I think we could probably go on for another couple hours because uh, yeah, I'm feeling the connection. But uh, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? I think that the one thing that uh, principals can do is is get yourself out there, really sit down with with each every single person on your on, on your campus and get to know them. Make sure that you they know that you believe in them because the power that you have in a child's life in a teacher's life is insurmountable. Insurmountable. Show them that you believe in them by by trusting them encouraging them and really show that you are there for them and you can be the one for kids and you can be the one for every person in our, on our staff and in your community. Man. Awesome. Thank you so much. People can find you at she, he, R W on Twitter or go to Ryan, she, us. That's S H E E H Y. Did I get all that right? You got it. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Ryan. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, hey, before you go, just finish that great interview with Ryan Sheehy. Just wanted to remind you about Transformative Leadership Summit coming up. Go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com. Get your free ticket. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much to everybody who's helped out already by being part of the early birds. That's been amazing. And I'm so grateful for your support and faith in me and doing something great. So thank you so much. Transformativeleadershipsummit.com. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.